Welcome to About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist Sayward B. Eller, and I am very excited to bring to you today another interview, this one with contemporary romance author Colleen Young. Welcome to the show, Colleen! Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. I just introduced you as contemporary romance author Colleen Young, and um, you also have on your bio that you write women's fiction as well, which I think that if you have a contemporary story that's about women that isn't heavy on the romance, that it's automatically considered women's fiction. Of course, the category is a little, it's not well-defined, which is why I think some some publishers... I think Publishers Weekly is weeding it out altogether, the category women's fiction. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> well, please let me know so I can change my bio. Yeah, some of my books, um, definitely The Like We Share, which I consider romance, but it is, um, there's not a lot of like heavy romantic elements in it because it is a story about uh, women having a friendship. So I think that was kind of where I went to women's contemporary. And also, you know, as an author, trying to diversify just a little bit and not be, like, genre typecasted. Be like, well, my books are romance, and but the romance genre, like, some people are so judgmental towards it. The second you say, I'm a romance author, they're like, oh, you write Harlequin, or you write Heavy, and it's like, there's just so many different levels of romance, and it's really hard. Be like, well, I kind of write, you know, a little bit, I like to look at other authors that have romantic elements, but it's also just a lot of issues that women deal with and things like that. So Exactly. And I totally agree. I used to, um, I don't often read in the romance category. Basically the only romance that I read is from you and the other members of our <laughs> critique group. <laughs> but I am reading a romance right now by another author that I know, and I'm just having a really great time. And it, it really bugs me when people put down romance, even though I know I've done it in the past, but people grow and they come to understand things a little bit better. And I think to put down any genre is just, it, it baffles my mind. Yeah. Literary fiction is not better than mystery or romance. It's just a different type of fiction. It's for different, different tastes. That's all it is. So, yep. 100% and I mean I'm, I'm kind of it is it's, it's based on your interest level you know like uh, there's some definitely some genres that I will not really gravitate towards and then I find myself whenever I read those genres now I'll give it a try I hear about a popular book and I'm still like nope I still need my romance in there but <laughs> that's me personally and that never means that I'm going to put down the author for writing that or the genre in general because you know, different strokes, different folks, and, like, let's just be really accepting of the creative process all around. Exactly, and writing is really hard. I don't read fantasy, but I support a bunch of fantasy authors, like, on TikTok. I'm, like, always reposting their stuff, and I don't read fantasy, but that doesn't mean there isn't a large group of people 
that isn't reading fantasy. I mean, that's... I am, yes. I am so, so incredibly jealous of anybody who can write fantasy. Yes! <laughs> I think I can maybe dabble in, in other, a lot of genres. Fantasy is one that I really enjoy. Um, not immensely. I have, I struggle with high fantasy, but I can handle like magical elements of our world. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, oh man, I cannot, the world building you have to do, it is so difficult. I I absolutely agree. Now you have been publishing your contemporary stories for how long? Since 2016. 2016. So I have seven full-length novels, two novellas that are um, just side stories off of my book. And then just a little short story, which I kind of count sometimes kind of don't. But really, <laughs> I say I've written seven books. And have you ever been interested in obtaining an agent? Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was something that when you first, when I first started out in 20. I wrote uh, my first book in 2014, and then I knew it was going to be a trilogy, so I worked really hard to um, finish that. And I immediately, say where I am so embarrassed, I immediately sent the roughest version of my first book ever to like 22 agents. I have no idea. I was under the impression that my glorious idea was going to get me a contract, and now... I was so naive. Oh my goodness. And so now I know what I should have done. Maybe I still could have gotten one. Maybe I couldn't. But I had handled, I have enough self-confidence that I had handled enough rejection that I was like, eh, I'll do it myself. Like, I'm not gonna, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> We've all been there. I found, um, yesterday, I think it was, or maybe the day before, I found a rejection letter that I got in 2005 for my very first novel. And I have a whole folder of rejection letters. And now when I look back at that draft that I was sending out, it's horrible. It is a terrible draft and I should have been rejected every single time. So we have all been there where we have been trying to get an agent with a book that isn't ready. And uh, so what I want to know is, I know that you're you're self-publishing all of your titles. Have you... Have you reconsidered? Do you think that you'll ever want to obtain an agent again, or are you perfectly happy self-publishing? Um, so I did try. I finished my uh, new adult trilogy about 2017. I think I'd published all of the books by then. And I was working on what I considered women's fiction. It was my next novel, All's Right in Love and Lies. And I thought it was better than the trilogy and, and more marketable. So I tried then, and I was very serious then. I kind of I, I had a better understanding of that would be that would be technically my fourth book. Um, so I just kind of felt like I had the writing chops. I felt I and I tried, and I got a couple of of uh, people interested. I had one one person. She actually requested to read the whole book. I sent her the whole book, and then I never heard from her again. Which kind of scared me because it's like, where's my book? Like, did you take my book? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know that if, like I, how protected I was. Like, that's a really scary thing. People started asking me for things I had never um, heard before. They wanted a whole layout of the chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do a lot of learning on the fly when I was sending out those queries because um, everybody wants something different. It's a job interview, right? Um, exactly. So 
And then I think after that, I did that very seriously for a couple of months. And after that, after the rejections and stuff, I was like, you know, I just want to get this out here. Like, I enjoy writing because I enjoy hearing, you know, produce. Like, I like to cook a dinner because I like my family to enjoy a nice meal. And it's the same thing. I like to create a book, and I like, I like to give it to people, and I like to get the feedback and um, have people enjoy it. So I think that just became my focus. And after that, I just stopped. I think I realized it's a really heavily saturated market on the indie scene, in the traditional scene, and I don't think I have the stamina. So, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm carving, I'm carving on a corner, and I'm happy with yeah. the tiny corner I have. <laughs> um, every time I do produce a new book, I get, uh, my whole backlist gets hit. So even though a lot of the things that I've been through were really difficult, uh, I really appreciate all the work I've continued. And each mm-hmm. book I write gets better. My writing is getting better. My thought process and how to explain how you know my characters are reacting and living in a scene, it's all getting stronger. So I'm glad that I didn't let any of those early rejections slow me down because I think as an author, you think I'm going to be the next JK rolling you know and like oh well she was just writing an idea on a napkin and mm-hmm. then you know now she's the richest person in the entire world I don't know. <laughs> that, that's obviously not true but um you know I think that is the dream and I think that having an agent and you and I have talked about this at length but you know that kind of gives you that um backing of like other people believe in me too mm-hmm and I think when you're self-published, that's really difficult because you don't have that. You really just have your aunt who's like, hey, when's that next book coming out? To be like, okay, someone believes in me. <laughs> this one person believes in me. So, um, yeah. And when you I start, have, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but yeah, I'm like trying to circle back because my ADD bounces. But yeah, I have thought about it. And I do feel like that would be the icing on top of the cake. Um and I think I would be really open to working with someone or with a company or whatever if the opportunity presented itself. Um, but for now, I mean, everything is, I'm, I would, I, I, I'm handling everything pretty well as is. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I might be done searching, but that's, but maybe not, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, and you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm seeing, uh, I've seen at least two book talkers who started out as uh, independently published and, then one of them announced a few months ago that she got a, a really great deal with a really big house. So um, she got her agent after she had already self-published. And once she had built up this community of readers who were really voracious for her things. So I think it used to be that if you were self-published, you could not even hope to have an agent because it was like, no, we're not going to touch you. But now it's, it's becoming, it's becoming, I don't want to say easier, but because self-publishing is, is not easy in any way, but it, it seems like now the publishing industry is more open to yeah. authors who are self-publishing. So don't count it out <laughs> if well, that's something you want. They're, they're following that money, and that's the thing I've noticed a lot, too, is they want to see growth, mm-hmm. and I think... Um, it helps you for anyone that is going out there looking for an agent 
it helps that they see a really good like social platform um and really uh, a really good fan base a dedicated fan like i think all of those things help them them because it is their money on the line too and them take a risk on you and so that's really hard for the self-publisher um the self-publishing author to wrap your mind around the fact that um i have to have all these things in line before any and it, it is it's really daunting and i just think if you want to be an author like just just write right mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then think about all, a lot of that i mean you, you need to think about these other things but think about that later right because mm-hmm. it's just it is very it is very daunting and and i think even looking at that you're like I'm doing all the right things. How is this person doing so much better than me when I feel like my work is similar to theirs? My social presence is similar to theirs. And, but right. Comparison is the thief of of joy. So let's just not do that. I mean, it's never great to compare yourself to other people um, in that respect of like, who's doing well and who's not. Yeah. And it doesn't change. Like Uh it, whether you're signed with an agent or not, you're still going to say, like, every time I see a deal, um, because I, I keep seeing loads of writers that I know and that I, I talk with on a consistent basis and that I'm friends with, they're getting deals, and, and I'm like, why am I not getting a deal? So, yes. you know, you have that moment where you you say to yourself, why am I not getting a deal? I'm, I'm just as good as they are. But right. that's just the insecurity talking. You just have to trust the process. But um, I will tell you with traditional publishing, the process is long. It's very yeah. long, which you and I have talked about at length. <laughs> it is a long, 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 long process. <laughs> well, and it's hard because as, as authors, um, we're feelers and we're sensitive people mm-hmm. and it's hard to continue to trudge through and continue believing in your work when you feel like no one else out there does. Yes. Um, yes. And that's, you know, I think all of us at some time, and, and that's the thing that will knock an author out of the game is when they continue to just worry about what everybody else is thinking, what their house is thinking, what their agent is thinking, what their um, social media is looking like, and, and really, you've got to do it for you. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one, and that's the thing to always keep up there in your noggin. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of being very emotional, feeling people, how do you deal with the ups and downs of the creative process and of the creative life? Um, I do not deal with them well. Um, not all the time. I've gotten better. I've been in this for a minute. I'm sorry. I got, I'm going to try to close my work email. Okay. And I did a couple of tricks that I think were really helpful. Um, you know, I have this blog that I think literally one person might read occasionally, but I'll, I, I did a blog post one time that was like, why do I write? And this was when I was feeling really good about writing. And I spent like a week just writing down the reasons why I write. Because I do this, like maybe I don't have a book that performs well, or before I figured out some analytical stuff this year with my book marketing, like I was, you know, there was a year there where I think I made $22. I didn't market my books. 
but also I didn't sell any books because I didn't market any books. And so when you don't, you feel bad because you feel like you're shoving yourself in people's faces all the time. Hey, 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 I'm here, I'm writing a book. But also, like, when you don't do that, no one knows you write a book. Exactly. So it's just, it, it's a really hard situation. Um, and so I had wrote that the blog that was just kind of like labeling all the reasons why I write. And that was really where I had to come and circle back and be like, I write for me. I write because I'm better. I'm a better mother. I'm a better partner to my husband. Um, it is my hobby. It is my passion. Um, and it is what makes me me. And I think I also feel like a fraud a good portion <laughs> of the time. Don't we I all? <laughs> don't have an education in writing. You know, I don't have, I was not, um, you know, taught by at some special school for how to be a creative writer. So that's a real challenge for me. That was really hard for the, like the first couple years I started because I felt like I don't deserve to call myself this. Even though I've finished books, even though I have all these words under my belt, like I just still, and then I think I got comfortable with that. And then I had to deal with the, um, in, I'm going to say this wrong, the inferiority complex. Inferiority. Yes. Yes. So I had to deal with that complex where I just felt, after I got over, okay, I am a writer, but now, you know, I'm um, not a great writer, or I'm not as good as that person, or looking, comparing my stuff to that person, then I had to, like, reel in the comparison, and so now I think I'm at a place where I'm like, you know what, my books are, my books are doing okay, um, they're making sense maybe sense every day but that's a couple of sense I'm making and I'm proud that it's at least getting out there and people are at least taking a chance and giving some good feedback and um and I write for me so I would say like some good advice for those really down days um is write write on the good days while you do this and then on those down days Go look at that. <laughs> Just oh, that's go look great. At that yeah. And be like, okay, this is why I do it. I don't do it. I don't do it for anybody else but me. Yeah. Um, so, and then maybe if you need it, some self-affirmation. If somebody gives you a compliment about something, write that down too. Because I've got some one stars on some books. And boy, those hurt. And then I see it's like the one star. There's the one one star. And then there's like the 25 stars and I'm like okay why are you so focused on that one like I'll look at that one and then I'll go look mm-hmm. at the person who gave me that star and why they gave like why are you giving me that I worked really hard on this stupid book do you I'm also sorry. go look at their other reviews and see who else they're giving one stars to <laughs> absolutely and then normally they're those people can tend to be pretty harsh like yeah. one star people I must have pissed them off somehow with something so um they're harsh 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 critiquers yes what I've yes it's not normally like a five or four a five or four or five then I get the one so. <laughs> yeah so. I uh I had a, a friend who she got a one star review once and it's because the reader just did not like the main character's nickname yes. <laughs> it's like how did he even get this nickname and they I mean it was three paragraphs long this review about this character's name and it was just yeah. I mean it's just the the one thing I stopped reading Gone Girl because I couldn't stand Margot's right. nickname so 
you know, you never know what strikes those ones. I mean, oh. I didn't give it one star, but. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why when we do our critique groups and we have people read our work and you have a beta reader read your work, um, I always tell people, please be as mean as possible. As mean as possible to me. Because I need to hear it now before I do scroll through a review. And then I read that and then I turn around and I'm like, say word? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> And then you're like, well, I thought it, but I didn't want to be rude. And I'm like, no, no, now it's out there. <laughs> like, let's, let me at least at least come to terms with it before I publish it for the world. I try. So. I try to catch them. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, you're really great at that. But just in general, like anybody who does start out and then do finally get that book down. And then that, that's always my second piece of advice because. When you're an author, people want to come to you and be like, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. And yeah. so my first piece of advice is always, all right, we'll sit down, you know, tell yourself you're going to write from this time to this time, or I'm going to make this many words a day, and then let's talk after that. And then my next piece of advice is, okay, go edit. And then it's, okay, now give it to somebody and tell them to be as mean as possible. <laughs> and then you got to see if you can handle the industry, because it's hard. I mean, you yeah. have those people out there and... You know, I pissed off that girl, and she gave me one star, and I don't know why. I don't know. There was no, there was no criticism there. It was just that, and I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, you just have I to. I think I have a, I think I have a decent piece of work. I don't think it's a one star. <laughs> I don't know if it needed to be a five, but it definitely <laughs> didn't need to be a one. And so I'm at peace with that. And you have but... to be. You have to be. I've, I've seen indie authors. So many indie authors say they they respond to those reviews and and you just can't you should authors personally I feel like authors should not even read the reviews but since I know I would be reading them anyway you definitely yeah. never ever respond to them even if they're great even if they're saying you're the best writer in the universe don't respond to them <laughs> yeah. My funnest one, and probably the only negative one I did respond to, was um, somebody gave me a review for taking flight. And um, I used to be a pilot. I went to flight school. I have, I graduated with my bachelor's of science in professional aviation, okay? So I wrote my first book about a girl who went through flight school, okay? <laughs> so I know a little bit about this. So when I went, so this person gave me a review and they said, DNF, this book is terrible. Um, literally they're flying on the first day of school. Come on. It was like this whole thing. And she gave me like whatever star rating. And so I wrote her and I was like, Hey, I replied. I was like, I just want to thank you for your review and for even giving my book a chance. I just wanted to let you know that I have a lot of personal experience here. We do fly on the first day of school, yada, yada, you know, so I was kind of giving her the information. I think she deleted the review. It is no longer oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So that was, I will tell you, I did respond to that. Well, and I think it's just natural, especially if, if you know, I think it's just a reflex where you see someone and you're like, oh, that's not really what I meant. Let me tell them what I meant. And uh -huh. I think that we have to get to a point where, you know, we just don't respond to those. But I also understand, like, I would sometimes I see a review for someone's books and I'm like, oh, I need to make a comment on this person's review so I can tell them that they're wrong and that they shouldn't be so harsh. But 
that's not an option, so I don't get to, which is probably a great thing. <laughs> I've seen, I know this is probably off track, I've seen a lot of people give reviews to indie authors that don't have a lot of reviews, and they slam them. They give them, like, yeah. two stars, and they're like, this book is terrible. And I always think that's really mean, because it makes a huge difference when you only have 20 reviews, 20 ratings, and somebody's saying something, just being really cruel. Mm-hmm. Um because it really does drag them down. I mean, that that other person with 100,000, that's not going to hurt them for you to say your nice little two-star, this book is trash comment. But it does really, really hurt. And some people, it seems like they really like to take down indie authors. Yes, I've yes. Um, I've noticed that also. I don't know what's up with that. It's upsetting, though. It is. And hopefully we'll get to a place one day where we don't have that bias against self-published authors. I think we're working. Right. We're working toward it. We're getting there, but just not there it yet. It is hard. It yeah. is hard. Some people don't produce professional. Um, they don't have people read over their work. They don't have proper editing. I mean, there there is like some situations that I've I've seen where I'm like, uh, yeah, you needed you needed to do some of these other things and yeah. before you release this out to the world. Um, and that does like turn people off from wanting it. But it seems like people that are open to indie authors, they have the ones they trust. Yes. And then they might have, they might follow a good reviewer that they trust, or they trust that author and anybody that author suggests. Mm-hmm. So, and yes. book talks helped a lot, I think. Oh, yeah. A bit more open and seeing, oh, this is something. Because um, the algorithm on Instagram, it broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the one on BookTok is as well. But I do think, <laughs> I think that BookTok has its problems. But overwhelmingly, yeah. I think it is a, it's going to, it's a positive space for independently published authors. So that's yeah. the one really great thing about BookTok. Um, We're calling it BookTok TikTok. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's BookTok on TikTok. We'll say that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, I, I hate to say it, but we're out of time. Okay, I um, can talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you are, I know that you're on Instagram and you're on TikTok because I, we follow one another both places. Are you on Twitter or Facebook? I am, but I wouldn't say I never post on Twitter. So if you are interested in something I said in 2016, please go to Twitter. <laughs> um and Facebook, it's basically just for my, like, people that follow me uh, on my, I would say always, I would always point somebody towards, I do a lot of, like, little fun videos and stuff on TikTok, and then a lot of them make their way to Instagram. So Instagram is the main place that um, you can pretty much find everything you want to know about me. Perfect. I will but, make sure. Yes, I'm all the places. <laughs> if, wherever you are, I am. It's just, if you want to be interested and entertained uh you should go to instagram and i'll put the i'll put your handles down below and i'll also put your website down below but um you want to tell us what that is before we go my website's colleenyoungwriter.com all right perfect well thank you so much for hanging out with me today and chatting with me and i will see you at our next critique meeting (laughs) Yay, and it was so much fun, and I just love talking about writing, and so this was great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye. Bye.
I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview with contemporary indie writer Colleen Young as much as I enjoyed recording it. Now on to updates for About This Writing Thing and me, Say Word Bieler. Don't forget About This Writing Thing has a newsletter that's coming out in February of 2023. I do already have themes for the first four issues of the newsletter. So if you would like to write something for the newsletter to submit, remember it is a paying market. It's not paying your bills, but it'll get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, February, the theme is getting unstuck. March, the theme is writing about emotion. April, the theme is writing about characterization. And in May, I'm talking about the importance of endings. So if you're interested in writing an article for the About This Writing Thing newsletter, just send me uh, the article at aboutthiswritingthing at gmail.com and I will of course put that email below. You can also go to my website to look at the submission guidelines, which I do encourage you to do because if you don't follow them, I'm probably not going to accept your article. So you can go to my website, saywordbeller.com forward slash submission guidelines to find the guidelines there and I'll also link that below. I have two books coming out next year. One will be out in the spring. You'll start hearing more and more about that. Also, I want to give you a heads up for those of you who are subscribed to my Say Word B. Eller newsletter. It is quarterly. However, because I have the upcoming release, I will be sending out special editions in January, February, March, leading up to the publication of that novel. I have fixed the issue with the newsletter signups on my website, so you can visit saywordbeller.com. You'll be able to sign up for my personal newsletter, and you'll also be able to sign up for the About This Writing Thing newsletter. I will link everything below. <laughs> this has been a little bit of a long one because there were more updates than I realized, but I am very happy that you stuck around. I hope that you enjoyed Colleen's interview, and I hope that you'll come back in two weeks to listen to Jure Anthony's interview. I had a really great time speaking with her as well. I will have an update for those of you who are contacting me to be interviewed in next season's on next season's podcast. I will have an update for you as to when those interviews will begin and when you can start signing up very soon. Okay, that is all that I have for you this week. Until next time, take care and keep writing.